Hello, Payne County! You have tuned in to another penitential day. I know it is a mini Easter because it is Sunday and the Lord's Day, and as Pope Benedict says, the winning side. So raise your glass. But it's also Lent still. Still Lent. <laughs> yep. Let the love of Jesus yeah. be down in your heart. Lent is uh, this this time of Lent. I mean, we've it's kind of the newness is like worn off. This is the hard. I I think is like the hard part. Really. To like really, really? like yes to really, you know, like dive in and um, yeah. I mean to kind of okay. The, you know that first week you can like yeah I'm doing it. Whatever your you know your kind of prayer and fasting and alms giving. But now it's like, a, ooh, it's 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 kind of you got to take it to another level, you know. There is a uh, there's a uh, Lent, I think, a, a kind of natural groove once you get in it. But you gotta like maintain it uh, and like be diligent about yes. it every day. Yes, and set set your life in the proper direction. As you know, that great quote you had last week is mm, is like, if we don't me. do this, if we don't do this, we're just gonna be mediocre. Oh yeah, mediocre, mediocre yeah. faith life. Yeah. Well, no one wants a mediocre relationship Let's with be their. Great. Let's be great. Make Let's Lent be great saints. again. Let's be saints. Yes. Tired of I, this. I have my cup here, Saint Trainer. Emily Heitschmidt. You had that last time, I know. Too. Emily Heitschmidt got this for me for Christmas, one of my student employees. That's so nice. Let me take a sip of this delicious radio station coffee at Pete FM. Um, so it is Lent. Uh, we're still going. We want to just encourage you. Uh, a couple things happening in and around Payne County. Obviously, a daily mass during the week, both at St. John Catholic Student Center and St. Francis Xavier. The weekend masses, There's as always. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to confession. Um, it's confession is not an option. Yeah, so for everyone, priests, it's not an option. Everyone for Everyone is either. required to go to confession at least once a year. And we got mortal sins on your soul. At least once a year. Come on, but go, go more regularly. So we have uh, Wednesday nights, um, Saturday afternoons. I got, got every, morning, every morning, Tuesday through Friday, eight to nine a.m., yep. and then on Sundays for an hour before yep. each mass. Yep. And then sometimes a priest will show up. He'll bilocate you. Yep. So it's like, I think we sat down and did it one time. There's like 15 hours of confessions in the city of Stowell. And then we're having on March 25th, which is a Wednesday night, we're bringing in a number of priests uh, for like a parish penance rite. So that'll be, uh, I'll be there. Father Robert will be there. And then we got some other priests coming in, uh, in English and Spanish. And just an opportunity to to get, to go to to another priest if you want to. Uh, so anyway, a lot of opportunities. So that's that's a key part of Lent. A key part of Lent yep. is uh, is going to confession, not just not and not out of requirement. I mean, sometimes we do stuff because we're required. There's a stop sign. I don't want to stop. I stop because the stop sign tells me to. Fine, but to do it out of love, I want to grow in in my relationship with the Lord. But sin is getting in the way. Yeah, we'll get rid of the sin. This is the get rid of the sin. It's the normal way that that Christians get yeah. rid of sin is the Sacrament of Confession. There's this uh, beautiful church in Quebec, and the church behind it is called the Rue des Paradis, the Ooh, Way the of way paradise. paradise. And so this is, you know, Bishop Kurt, I gave you that example last night. Like, this is the road to the kingdom of God, the road to paradise. It's narrow. And, and it is narrow, and there's lots of exit ramps. And there's also get-back-on ramps, too. That's right. Just come to confession. Come on. So uh, all those encouragements. And then I want to encourage everybody— uh, to come to the parish mission at St. Francis Xavier. Bishop Sam Jacobs um, is here. Who? Uh, he's the retired bishop, Bishop Emeritus of the Diocese of Huma Thibodeau 
in Louisiana. I don't think. But he is, uh, he's 81 years old and is a man deeply in touch with the Holy Spirit. He's 81? 81 years old. He's going to kill it. So, <laughs> Sunday, March 8th, 7 p.m. Monday, March 9th, 7 p.m. Tuesday, March 10th, 7 p.m. Bishop Sam Jacobs at St. Francis Xavier. All are welcome. Um, it's not Mass, um, so it's uh, it's wonderful to invite friends, maybe people who just need to know the Lord Jesus in a deeper way. Uh, everybody is welcome. Yeah, ours and is April 5th awesome. and 6th. Our and you, mission. Who are you bringing? What Father you Michael Pratt's coming back again. Oh. Yeah. Is he, he staying? Bro- is he staying with us? Uh, I think he's sleeping on the patio. Is that on the calendar? Uh, if it's not on the calendar, he ain't staying. Be, the weather would be nicer. He can sleep, he can sleep on the That's porch. It's a great part about having the new rectory. Like, um, so speaking of, speaking of priests, there was this article that came out a couple weeks ago that I just think is really interesting, that I think is worth us talking about. So one thing we try to do on this show, we, we, we're trying to evangelize. We're trying to let everybody know what's going on in Payne County. We know there's people outside of Payne County that listen. Like uh, Australia. And we love you. And, and we, Europe. And we welcome you. Um, but our primary mission, number one, you know, is just is just the people of Payne County. But one thing I think we've done for, for people who listen is to kind of just help them better understand the life of priests. And, and even, for me, that even has two purposes. One is, say, a college student who's listening, it might encourage them to think about the priesthood because maybe they have some misconception. Priests are always lonely, right? Well, uh, that has not been my experience. Are there lonely priests? Yes. Yes. Am I lonely? No. Um, That priests are, maybe you had it growing up, a priest who was kind of always in a bad mood, right? If you listen to this show long enough, we've done 90-plus episodes, um, we are not in a bad mood. Am I sometimes in a bad mood? Yes. Am I usually in a bad mood? No. Um, so some of those misconceptions of the priesthood kind of get get whittled away. So this article came out. It was in USA Today. This is probably, I don't know, two weeks ago. This is Mar- uh, February 20th or so. And the article uh, was basically about the morale of priests. So I wanted to get your, your thoughts oh, on this. Really? Basically, this guy, Tim Bush, who runs uh, the Napa Institute and is a kind of, I think he's a, like a Catholic businessman, he says that one of the kind of the growing crises in the church is the morale of priests. That priests um, are, uh, and he's talking about priests, and I would say like, like us, you and I, we're not, we are far from perfect, but we're in the trenches every day. We're battling it out. You know, we're yeah. celebrating Mass and visiting with uh-huh. people and hearing confessions uh-huh. and doing the, doing the, the Lord's work at a, as a parish priest, and he's kind of worried about us. He's worried about us. So this is the opening line. There's a crisis in the Roman Catholic Church no one's talking about. It's not abuse. It's not cover-ups. It doesn't spring from Vatican infighting. It starts much closer to home with the shepherds who guide the flock. Many good and godly Catholic priests are struggling with their vocation. Okay. Is that, and, and is that true? That may, be, that may be true. I think it's a... Uh, it may be true, like in places where diocese, like if you're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So what? So what would that? I mean, I mean, those guys are consolidating not, parishes. They're, they're closing two thirds of their parishes. Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. When I lived in upstate New York, when I lived in Albany, <laughs> there was a French church and an Italian Catholic church right across the street from each other, and they they grew up as having different, like two communities, two priests. And then they didn't have enough priests, and the church burned down, and the Italians had to move over to the the French had to move over to the Italian church. There were all these cultural churches 
that we don't have out here. And they're having to reconsolidate and sell property and do all these things. Wow. And they have old buildings that they can't take care of anymore. But also, you know, it's, it's like the, the priest in, uh, you know, upstate New York who I met a couple of years ago. He was like, well, there, I have four parishes and there's no one replacing me in the Diocese of Albany. So who's going to get these four parishes? So outside of Boston, I, I spent four years in Boston while I was in college, but I wasn't really in like parishes then. I mean, I was in I was in college, so I was I, got, I went to mass in my dorm. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was like not hard at all. Right. Um, I've never really lived anywhere where the church is shrinking. Really, I've lived most of my life in Houston, Texas, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Where the church is growing. Where the church is growing in both places. So I don't really have a good sense of, of that, of like what it's like to be in a place where, I mean, we just built, we're, we just built a church. We just built a rectory. We're like right. fundraising for awesome stuff. Yes. Um, we're, we're in build mode. We're in grow mode. You're, you know, you're and, in build mode, grow, grow mode. And people are in dismantle mode. And so I could, I could see that. I mean, so when he writes this, I mean, this is in USA Today, so it's a you know a national audience. Um, I don't get the sense that I mean, he was not writing this to to me, right? Um, about okay. the priesthood kind of shrinking. There's fewer priests and more Catholics, more demands on priests, um, and I can see that. I mean, right. I, I guess I'm tired. I'm tired a lot. <laughs> is that? But my morale is not low. Right. There's a difference. I feel encouraged. I mean, I feel like I I have I have a I mean, I know I love my people, right? But I also f- I feel that right. love from yeah. from okay. them. Denny Scheller said to me one time. He says, uh, "So what's the solution to a question I ask? Like we were debating, we we're d- discussing something. You know, Father Paul Scheller's dad. I said, "What do you mean? What's the solution?" He's like, "You got to have a solution to it. What's his solution to helping the morale? Um, like boosting the morale of priests. It's like B12 shots to everybody. So he says Catholics must rally to stop this crisis. Those of us in the pew should look to support them however we can using our unique gifts. Oh, okay. This doesn't mean blindly trusting priests or putting them on a pedestal. Yeah, please don't. Rather, it means finding ways to lighten priests' burdens. Okay. And share in their responsibilities. Ooh. Now, can they celebrate Mass? No. Hear confessions? No. no. Uh, bury the dead, anoint the sick. No, no. Okay. Now he gives, he says, use your talents. Okay. Now you said you've never lived uh, in a place that was suffering. And so when you and I talked about this article, this is one of the beautiful things about priests living together is we get to talk about these. All we do is talk about articles. So you mentioned this article, which you do a lot of research and I like my brain just sits and thinks about stuff. And I was like, (laughs) okay, okay. I like to read. I read. Yeah, I know you do, and you I like. Dabble. And then that kind of like spurns me on to read. So I, I, when you when you were talking about that, I said, "Where is the church? Where have I lived that the church is alive?" As Pope Benedict says, "Alive and young." You know, the church is alive and young. And I was like, Korea. You know, it was uh, 2014 that uh, Pope Francis went to Korea, and I was like, "Whoa, he's going to Korea." I used to live in Korea. I used to live near a little town of Anjongri, which is near Pyeongtaekshi, which is where the uh, Camp Humphreys Army Post was, where they used to exile us Air Force guys who had to, used to have to work with the Army. So I, that's where I was stationed. And I received the Sacrament of Confirmation at the age of 
21 and three quarters at Camp Humphrey's Army Post at wow. the little church there. All right. And, and as I look back on that, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't speak Korean. You, know, you don't ring Hangul. So you you see all these crosses illuminated in red. You go to friends' houses and you'd be up on the top patio and you'd look out and you'd see all these crosses throughout the city and you could see like, wow, Christianity's booming here. And then when this article came out in 2014 about Pope Francis going to Korea, I uh, I remember reading, starting to read some yep. stuff about it. And I thought, as I read it, I was like, my mind just started like getting blown because I was like, this, we've got the wrong quote, quote, business model of the church in America. So we have, uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a second off, and then you, you can, can rein me okay. in. Okay. So we've got this wrong business model. Ready to rein. Okay, the business model is priests and religious do everything. And so that was the case of the immigrant church coming to America. You build your silo of the Italians, the Polish, the Germans, the Ukrainians. Those are my family. You build your silo of that culture, and then you don't mix with anybody else. You do your thing in your language. And then the priests and the religious do all the stuff. They teach in the schools. They do the catechism. They teach the servers how to serve. They do all this stuff. Okay, that is the wrong business model. What's the right business model? It's the right business model. Uh, Marcel Lejeune. Yes. Ca- if you go to his, uh, his, like, his disciples. Catholic missionary disciples. Catholic missionary disciples. Yep. He's got a really cool article on there that talks about the faith of Korea. And, like, and then if you read some history about it, like how the faith came there. You know, the faith came from China. There was people who were in China who learned about Catholicism. They were taught by the Jesuits in the 1500s, the Catholic faith. And then what did they do with it? They got baptized. They converted from Buddhism or some other religion, brought it back to Korea. And when they brought it back to Korea, there were no priests. There were no homegrown priests. It wasn't there. There There were these people. And what did they do? They started teaching people the faith. And so that then, like, did what? That then eventually got priests and religious years down the road, which is, you know, um, yeah, now Father they, Andrew now Kim. They, Father now Andrew they Kim is homegrown. Yeah. And priests. they have more. They, I had two guys from the Diocese of Busan in my ordination class. Right, Busan, way, way down south, yeah, yeah. yeah, on the peninsula. Yeah. So the, the, what, I think the model that we've lost is Jesus' model. And what's Jesus' model? His method of evangelization is to make fishers of men. Disciples. Yeah, yeah. disciples. Uh, you know, focus on spiritual always, multiplication. Exactly. You know, focus has got that tag word. How are we spiritually multiplying? The twelve Win, apostles build, send. That's a, exactly. So what did the twelve apostles do? They went out and you know, like Paul in his letters, he writes to who? Timothy and Titus. He's writing to those small group of people that he has been evangelizing and working with. And what do those two or three people do? Then they evangelize two or three other people. They taught each other the faith by living it, by teaching the faith, by being a visible example uh, of the faith to each other. All right, so bring it home. So in Ping, what does that look like here? What does that look like in in an American parish? Well— I think, like, looking over to Korea, looking over to Korea and saying, your faith is booming here. You have people 
in full churches at mass. The, one of the most technologically sound countries, you know, they're producing all sorts of really cool stuff to export. Uh, it, it's, it starts with knowing that the, the pastor's job is not to do everything. And so the people of God need to go to, go to their pastor and say, hey, I want to help you evangelize this place. Help, help me help you. What would you say? If so, so a st- college student comes up to you today and says, Father... Your morale seems low. How can I? What can I? What can I do to help you? What are uh, you gonna? What are you gonna say? I have uh, an answer. Uh, could you? Um, <laughs> could you? Uh, could you take these to the dry cleaners? Uh huh. Well, what would you say? I, w- I would say, okay, let's let's get you into one of our discipleship programs. Let's get you into spiritual formation. Remember how would that help you. That, how would that help me? I think me? the person the person could push back and say, well, that doesn't. That's not helping you. Because I, I it, it does help me because. I'm trying, my, jo- my job is also to evangelize, to share the gospel with people. Yep. And if, if, you're, if these kids are doing it, then the amount of baptisms begin to grow. Ooh. And then what does it do? Then it fills me with joy. Like, like we have yeah. a good number of kids in RCIA this year. And they're becoming Catholic, even though like sometimes their parents don't want them to become Catholic. Wow. Yeah. They're not going to win favor. You know, one kid, if he goes home to his country, he could be executed for being Catholic. Or being yeah. a Christian, yeah. to being a Christian. So this like fills me with joy. And so it's like, well, what, what's the article about? It's about a priest being what? L- low morale. Low morale. And yeah. what gives me a booster shot is to see the faith alive and young. So parents, one, I mean, the church's job is not to catechize your kids. Come on. It's not the job of the church to catechize your kids. Yep. Why is the faith booming in Korea? Why is the president of Korea a devout Catholic? Ooh. Why is it that the president of Korea has built a relationship not only with God in his very divine, his prayer life with the divine Lord, but also is reaching out to whom he calls his brothers and sisters of the North. He's reaching out to the communists to bridge that, build that bridge wow. of relationship. Love God, love your neighbor. How did he get that? He got that from his parents. Yeah. Because... It's a grassroots effort. That's maybe the biggest thing because I think a lot of, I mean, I know we run in at the parish, we run into a lot of, I mean, of spend, spending a lot of time with with people who don't know their faith. Right. And and I will do it every time. I mean, I'm not, that's not a complaint. Like somebody who doesn't know their faith shouldn't call. No, right. of course. Let's, let's talk. But, but I think especially kids is like, a kid who doesn't who doesn't know what's going on, right? Right, um, is the expectation that they're going to learn that from me? And if it is, no, it's not. Parents it's are not the gonna, first are teachers the of the faith. Educators of the their primary, children. yeah, That's right. And so this, right. it's it's so important to take the well, what Korea is doing, what South Korea is doing, yeah, is exactly what Jesus has handed on, because it came from China by Koreans. They passed it on without priests, and the faith just blossomed. Yep. And now, uh, it's the population of Catholics in Korea is double the size it was a hundred years ago. Whoa! Double the size right now. Whoa. I think the the peninsula they say is somewhere between eleven and fifteen percent Catholic. Great, great. And, and at the turn of the century, it was not that way. So we have. I mean, wow. We have. A, yeah, we that's have a, amazing. That's we have a amazing. model. We have a model. In, in Korea to say, 
let's let's imitate them as they imitated Christ. Yeah, I think if somebody said to me like, "What what you know what can, what can I do?" My response would be like, "Be uh, what be be a fanatical disciple of Jesus Christ. Come to mass more. That encourages me. Right. Um, bring your friends to mass. That encourages me. I, I it's a it's a um, it's discouraging. I th- I find it discouraging. For example." And it doesn't happen very often, but like right. if we're if we offer confessions, let's say, and like nobody comes, that's dis- that's discouraging right. to me. Um, that there aren't more people at d- at daily mass sometimes is discouraging to me because I know people can get there. I mean, just as an example, on Ash Wednesday we had a mass at seven a.m. on a Wednesday. Right. People get there. We have mass. At 7 a.m. every Wednesday. <laughs> like, um, and it's actually shorter. Ash Wednesday Mass was an hour. And there's not 350 and people there. Ash Wednesday Mass normally is 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 30 minutes. Uh, and there's 20 people, 40 people. Yeah, yeah. And I love those people, and thanks be to God for them. But, right. you know, th- those are the kinds of things. Um, I would love for people to be more um, generous with their time, talent, and treasure. Right. To be more, more better, better stewards. Um, one of my major concerns, like in the parish, is is our financial future. We we have a debt that we're still trying to pay off from our beautiful building. Um, there's a ton of things that I would love to do, and and this is all outlined mm-hmm. like in our parish mission and vision plan. That if we had the money to do right. it, we'd do it. Oh, um, here's a good example. I do most of the communications. Do you really for our parish? Oh. Well, you're good at it. Well, I do, but you can also be doing something else, right? So, in that in an article, it's like, how can you how use? Can, they yeah. use their talents, and uh, in, in the tr- in the church in Korea, people are not asking for a paycheck. They're not like, hey, you have to pay me to do this. So, no, it's yes, I'm going to be generous with my time because God has given me this great talent, and I'm going to help the church in this way to do this. And so, you know, it's it's not always looking for a paycheck. It's I, I, I think if people just just show up and say, one, I'm willing to help. But if you have no game plan, which you do, you have a game plan. Yes. Like, this is what we want to do. Yep. So, you we have have, to, so for example, we have this uh, the, kind of this discipleship pathway. Okay. And and the first step of it is this program that we call Discovering Christ. Um, I want everybody to t- I want everybody in the, my parish to do that. And maybe non-Catholics? Um, Non-Catholics can do it for sure. Oh, cool. Absolutely. When is it? Uh, it's on the it calendar. Up? May twelfth, I think it starts. Oh, okay, cool. But like that would be like a definitive way. And don't do it. And this is the this is the other part where like this whole this all sort sounds sort of self referential that here we are just talking about ourselves. Don't I don't want people to join Discovering Christ. Not that they would like to, for my morale. <laughs> like don't do it for me. I'm here for you, Father yeah. O'Brien. I'm going to join this eight week discipleship program to make my priest happy. Like no. But just know that when you do, when there's a lot of people at Mass, when there's a lot of people coming to confession, when people, when our collections right. are up, when I know people are falling in love with the Lord and, right. and sharing yes. that good news with other people, that builds me up. My morale is is high because I know that the work of the Lord is being done, you know, right here in our parish. So you're, you're saying when, when people respond to grace, when they respond yes. to the movements of the yes. Holy Spirit, yes. you're saying that yes. when people say yes to the Lord, yep. 
Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to sell everything and follow him. Yep. It gives you great joy. Yep. Retweet yeah. me also. But I think also when we think of like things that are discouraging, I mean, I would say like when people, uh, for, so for example, we take, I mean, I do, and, and you do mostly, we take Mondays off. Um, I'm discouraged. I mean, that's a one day. We literally get one day off. <laughs> and oftentimes, if there's a funeral or something, then we don't get that Monday off. Yeah, but you have to keep holy the Sabbath day one so day. So literally, there's one day out of seven. To keep holy the Sabbath. Yeah. And so when I get pushback on, on that, <laughs> when, when, I, when I'll say, like, I'm, I, you know, I'm out of the office on Mondays, and, 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 they, and there's somehow, like, there's disappointment in that. That's discouraging to me. You know, annoying things that priests do? Schedule things on Monday. Yeah, I mean, short of funerals. Yeah. yeah. So this, uh, this I think this, like this article is how to, how to boost priest morale. And I, I think it, it can also take that route of like also l- looking to the people of God and commissioning them. Yeah. This this Everybody is the great co- Everybody step up. This is the great commission. This is this is what it means to be Christian. I love reading about the church in Korea because they see all this as this is just normal. They're not saying, "Oh, this is something extraordinary that we're being called to do." So, this is the ordinary call of the gospel. The ordinary yeah. call of the gospel is to as Jesus says, to go out and baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to share with the world Jesus Christ, the Savior. And so this is this is the ordinary. And and like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make another digression. Real you quick. go, girl. I I think the doctrines of the church you got to follow them. Oh. Okay, and, and this is this is the reason why. We can't be cafeteria Catholics, and people say that all the time. We can't be, I'm going to choose this, and I'm going to choose this. No, abortion is wrong. You know, justice, injustice to the poor and the immigrants is wrong. You know, we cannot choose. You, you can't say, I can commit a mortal sin and go to Holy Communion in the same weekend. No, you can't do that. We have to say, these are the tenets of our faith. I believe in one God, and I have to take a day of rest. Like, Oh, okay. I'm not like yep. you know. Keep holy the Sabbath day, as this professor said in seminary, who is now a bishop. Said, "You guys will be judged for that one." Huh? Like the Lord's name in vain. We have to take serious. This is not just like so some. I think, yeah, like, you and I. We are encouraged as priests when our when our people go are all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you're not all in, we're gonna we're gonna walk with you. We're gonna work with yeah. you. We're gonna be. Merciful and patient, and um, but it's so encouraging to me. My morale right. is way up when I see people dedicating their lives. To when the I see you smile, not just smiling, I but can face the world. Oh. It's just awesome to see conversion happening because that's what we do. That's what that yeah. we're in. We're in the business of of bring of bringing God to people and people to God. And little bridge builders. When that happens, yeah, morale is up. So the last thing I think we'll say in here in our last couple of minutes, um, the, the best thing you can do, and we've we've made sort of mention of of you know be encouraging, living your faith. Um, I would ask you this: wherever you are, whoever you are, wherever you live, every single day, do you pray for your priests? Uh-huh. Do you fast? That was our episode. Last week, I think it was. Do you fast for your for your priests? 
um, and for future priests, are you encouraging young men uh-huh. to step to step in? I mean, so you talked about that guy up in in upstate New York. I mean, how discouraging is it to like be putting in all this work in the parish, knowing that nobody is coming after you? And, and you can see, oh, that is the fruits. So discouraging. You can see the fruits of your labor by the vocations, by the holy marriages by the religious sisters and brothers and priests. You can see these things. And if your parish hasn't uh, given a priest or religious in the last 40 years, something's dead. Oh yeah. So are you encouraging (laughs) that next, that next, that next round, uh, the next, the next generation of of priests and religious in your parish? Yeah. Um, Cause I know I'm, I'm, I love, we have a lot of seminarians. We have good guys, really good guys. And that gives me hope. Like we can, I'm going to build, we're going to build this sucker. We're going to build this parish up because when my time in Stillwater is done and I hand it off, I have great confidence that I'm handing it off to a priest who's going to be better, better at it than I am and Uh are going to take it to the next level. Amen. Uh, but that's not true in a lot of places. And if that were true, if that were not true here, man, it, it would be super discouraging. So share the gospel. It's a good, it's a good article. Tim Bush, um, editorial in USA Today from late February. You should check it out. But anyway, pray for us. Pray for us. We love it. I mean, I hope you can hear that in our, in our voices. I um, love, I love my, we love it. We love being here. We love being in Payne County. We love being in Stillwater. We love OSU. We love our parish. Um, but it's difficult work. It's a great and commission, so, not a great omission. But we're in this we're in this together mm-hmm. as a people. So pray for us. We're gonna pray for you. And we hope you tune in next week. God bless you.